Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rebuild You podcast. I am your host and lifestyle coach, Carrie Vasquez. I'm here each week to help you heal, rebuild, and restore your life through powerful messages and with amazing speakers. Together, we will grow and build the life we are called to live. I look forward to becoming your number one lifestyle podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey everyone, I am so excited to be back. It has been way too long. Uh, I took a very long, 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 much needed break. Um, It's been over a year since I've been on my podcast and I knew it was time. I have prayed about it. I have really gone back and forth about whether or not to even come back. Um, And I really felt a sense of calling and a sense of peace with the thought of coming back to um, this podcast. So here I am. And I, as always, hope and pray that this episode, my past episode, and every episode moving forward uh, just blesses you, helps you to grow, and helps you to just become a better person overall and have a better life. So um, I want to go ahead and dive right in and talk about healing your life and healing your home. And probably the biggest reason that I wanted to talk about healing, um, another reason why this whole month um, and probably the coming months, I'm going to talk so much about healing. I have um, a guest that will be on the show and he's going to talk about his healing. He's been on my show before, um, Michael. And so I'm just excited to really help people heal because I have come to this place to realize that so many of us are walking around day by day, um, really just hurting. We're we're hurting. We're broken. Um, we're sick physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, we are dealing with a sense of of disease um, in our bodies, and we really need to heal in order to be able to move forward in our lives in a in a healthy way. (laughs) So anyway, this episode, I wanted to talk about healing your life and healing your home. I think those are, um, they're very elaborate, like there's so much to it. So I'm really just scratching the surface in this episode. Uh, Maybe I will dive deeper into um, some of these points that I'm going to make today, but I wanted to just kind of lay a foundation um, in how you can heal. And this is how I've been working on healing. It's been a journey. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I've been trying to work on over the past, you know, year and a half or, um, however long it's been. Um, and it's actually been longer than that, that I've been working on healing, but I've tried to be really more intentional over this past year and a half, um, about my healing and about, uh, you know, my body and what I'm putting into it and, um, just mentally. So let's dive in. Um, so I'm going to start with the first step, at least that I have taken to heal my life, to heal myself is, um, it starts with 
my relationship with God and my relationship with myself. So if my relationship with God is shaky or just not solid or not uh, going strong, then my life is out of whack. That is me. Um, so spiritually, wherever you are, uh, I I encourage you to really dive deeper in that area, to strengthen that area in your life, because it is such an important part of your life, an important piece of your life, um, to spiritually be strong. Uh, when you have a, a spiritual strength, when you have a relationship with your creator and that is going strong, it you have stronger faith. Um, you just trust and know and believe that whatever is going on in your life, whatever is going on, that it will work out that God is, he's got your back. Um, you just have this faith that moves mountains when things seem like they are just all bad, like things are just really crazy in your life, like life is really messy. Um, when you have that foundation of a relationship with God, um, it changes things. It really makes things, and I'm not even going to say it makes it bearable, it makes it exceedingly well. It really truly does because um, when anxiety and worry and all of those things want to kick in, uh, you have something to fall back on. You have something, someone to go to to say, uh, hey, I'm feeling all of these things. And you're reassured, you know, if your relationship is strong, if you're reading your Bible, if you're having that prayer time, you are going to have those things to fall back on and it's really going to be that strength um, that gets you through that challenging time. And your relationship with yourself is that uh, second piece, um, you know, just ensuring that you are taking care of you, that you are, you know, we hear so much about self-love and self-care because it's so important. Um, I think it's kind of sad that, We've had, I get the balance, right? There needs to be a balance, but I think it's kind of sad that we have um, this next wave that I feel of um, now, you know, people that say, be careful with all this self-love and self-care because um, go, going back to at least what I remember it being as, it's selfish it's being self-centered. Um, people are too focused on it. There's a problem with that. And I really do, I have a problem with that because I think that it has uh, taken us so many years and it's taken us to this place of so many people talking about it to really like detox people's mindsets about self-love and self-care that having this, um, this wave coming in now of people heading back to um, the be careful with self-love and self-care. You can be, become, you know, self-centered and selfish and forget, you know, um, you know, where your focus should really be. And um, it should all be on God or it should all be on service and all be on giving and um, being of service to people. And then it'll all come back to you. Um, I think it's still this mentality of it, of selfishness in the sense of now your your acts are based on let me just serve 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 and it comes back to me uh, but then when it doesn't come back to you 
you're in this place where you're like, oh, you see, I've done all this stuff and it didn't come back to me. So we have, God has given us this body. God has given us these organs and our brains and our, um, just everything, our soul. Um, he's given it to us and we need to care for it. Um, and when we're not caring for it and we're so focused on the outside things, the people, um, outside of us, we run ourselves dry. Obviously there is a feeling that occurs when you're sitting, um, with God and you're having a quiet time and you're in prayer time and you're meditating. Um, there is a feeling that happens during that time. Uh, it does not change the fact that we have to sit and we need to feed ourselves and we need to care for ourselves. Um, that is a separate, um, a separate thing. And, you know, I think we're, we can be tempted to fall back into this place of just serve, serve, serve. And it, you know, and it comes back to you or just serve and don't be focused on yourself. Um, and you'll be better off (laughs) or you won't be selfish or you won't be self-centered. And I just want to say that for me, it's about a balance. Um, because I know that I've served so much, um, on so many levels. And I don't say that, you know, to toot my own horn, but I've seen, I've felt, and I still am feeling, um, the, the damage in a way. Um, and I hate to use the word damage, but the effects I should say of serving and not caring for myself the way that I should. So, Um, I think it's just so um, important that we are caring for ourselves, that we are, you know, journaling or writing down our goals and our desires and that we are being mindful of if the things in our lives align with that. Now, um, I don't want to be part of this wave that says taking care of ourselves is self-centered or selfish. It is not. Um, Again, as I said, it's a balance. So when we're looking at um, at ourselves and the things that we do and how we do serve, you know, are we um, are we putting ourselves first um, to the level that it affects other people um, in a negative way? So I think that if our service to ourselves affects the people that we love and the people that we are called to in a negative way then we need to consider if our service to ourselves or our self-care and our self-love, if it's healthy. Because there are many of us out there that, you know, we might say, um, hey, my glass of wine or my bottle of wine a night, and I have nothing, I drink wine, I have nothing against um, drinking as long as it's not in excess, But when our quote unquote self-love and self-care, which is like, oh, my time at night of having this drink, this is my self-love and care is affecting people around us, people that we love in a negative way because we either lack control or because the way that we act uh, when we're doing this, um, either before, after, during, or when when it's not there, right, when there's a lack of it, then 
that is a problem, right? Is that really self self-service on a level of selfishness, on a level of addiction, on a level of um, just like a bad habit that we need to break? Or, um, you know, is there a balance? Uh, it The same thing is true for, um, you know, exercise. Is my level of exercise affecting the people around me in a negative way? Um, you know, so just ask, it could be something good and something healthy, doesn't have to be something like drinking, um, but is what we are doing affecting the people around us? And it could even be affecting us in a negative way, but we're just looking at it like it's something that um, is serving us because it's something that we love so much, but we're not really thinking or realizing it's just become this obsession or this addiction um, or a bad habit that we've just acquired. And um, it's not a self-love and a self-care per se. So, you know, just checking ourselves with balance, checking ourselves with, um, you know, if my self-love is, you know, I would say it's like it's drinking water, making sure I'm, you know, um, doing what I need to do, like um, self-love routine in the morning, morning routine, washing my face, getting massages, like all of these things, they are improving myself and that I can be better for my family. But if I'm out excessively exercising, getting injured um, or worn out because of anything that I'm doing in excess or I'm not able to function because of something that I've done in excess, then I'm not serving me and I'm not serving my family. So that is something to really consider uh, when you're having that relationship with yourself and um, practicing this self-care and self-love. Um, and in that same kind of line or vein of um, self-love and care, it continues with us making sure that we are eating healthy and exercising. So I'm vegan and I just finished this vegan group a few weeks ago um, that I was having on a weekly basis um, through our church. And we had such a great time. It was such a wonderful group. Um and one thing that I pushed from the very beginning of this group was this is a vegan group, not to convert people to become vegans, not to chastise people or to like get on people's case for not being vegan. Um, and it wasn't so that I can speak badly of people that eat meat. It wasn't not any of that. And it was all about helping people making, uh, helping people make better choices. It was all about just healthier eating options, um, teaching them, helping them, um, listening to them and what they do or don't do. Um, you know, I had one person in my group, she's like an avid egg eater and was like, I will never give up eggs, you know? And it was like, okay, that's, that's your, your thing, right? Like that's your, um, your desire. So I respected that. And, you know, I provided education without like beating people down. Um, so I think when it comes to eating healthy, it's like if I can get one person, you know, to give up soda or to give up like excess sugar, um, I, I think that that is a win. So 
it's it's like about making those small choices and small decisions. And my hope and prayer is always that it snowballs, um, you know, and I did have people in this group that were like, hey, I'm not eating meat anymore. I'm, I am transitioning. I have transitioned, you know, either a hundred percent or partially, whatever it was. But I think it was just so great to see how people said, I feel so much better. I, you know, I can think clearer. And during this time I did a 90 day detox and I had my group during the 90 day detox, which was perfect because it really even just showed me the importance of self-control the um, and then the importance of taking time out to like to cleanse and remove some things from my diet that I know were affecting me. Um, I was diagnosed this this year with fibromyalgia and I years ago it's been and I'm sure I've had it for at least 10 years or more and I've also was diagnosed over 10 years ago with arthritis um and I've had or was diagnosed I hate saying I have or I had um I think it's just it's a mental thing of how I use my words so I prefer to say I've been diagnosed with um, because I feel that there is a disconnect that I that I want to have with these diseases and, and diagnoses. But anyway, um, when I was 19, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. So it's been uh, over 20 years that I've had that. It's in my family. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away from, you know, high blood pressure. Um, and my other grandfather passed away from diabetes and this past year they, you know, also said, you know, you're, um, at your pre-diabetic. So it was all of these things that prompted me to do this detox and I knew I had to do it. I was, I was struggling getting out of bed because of the amount of back pain that I was feeling. And I couldn't, my grandson will sleep with me um, sometimes and he would wake up and like want me to hold him and I could not lift him because my the pain in my spine and my back. So I was like, I, I'm 45 years old. I can't, um, I don't want to live like this. I don't want this to be my life and I don't want this to get worse. So I did the detox for 90 days and I felt absolutely amazing. Um, and I have noticed even after my detox, going back and reintroducing some of these foods, how all of my symptoms, literally all of my symptoms have come right back. So um, so I am definitely um, on this journey and getting back to eliminating things from my diet. So I say all of that to say eating healthy is so important. Um, you know, exercise, growing, learning, the continued growth is important. Uh, one of the, one of many, one of the biggest mistakes we can make in life, I think, is staying stagnant, staying stuck and staying in a place where we say, well, I'm just going to eat what I eat because I want to enjoy my food, but not just because I want to enjoy my foods. You know, I hear, you hear it all. Um, this is how my family is. I don't, I'm not trying to lose weight. Um, I'm big boned. We're big boned. This is just, I will never be skinny. And I cannot stress enough how this is not about being skinny. This is not about losing weight. 
And it's all about being healthy, healing our bodies, healing our minds, because especially, and I've been saying this so much, especially if you are responsible for anyone other than yourself, if you have a family, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, a spouse, um, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, you have a sense of responsibility. You have relationships with other people that love you. Um, and some of us have more responsibilities than others. And especially the ones that have more responsibility. For me, I have been on in this place that I feel like it's irresponsible of me to continue to live an unhealthy life, knowing that I have responsibilities and people that look up to me, people that I care for, um, people that love me and that I love. I have felt this real sense of responsibility to myself first and foremost to take care of me because I have a responsibility to others. And the void and the space that I leave if I'm no longer here, number one, or if I'm no longer able to serve them because of my disease, because of my illnesses. Um, so I really have this strong sense of we have a responsibility to ourselves first and foremost, and then the people that we love to take care of ourselves. Because the moment we stop doing that and, and, and cancer and arthritis and all of these things start to take over us, we are losing this battle. But I'm not saying that it's 100% our fault because there are some things that happen to us and we have no control over, but we have so much more control than sometimes we believe or that, you know, we say. Sometimes, you know, people are like, what's going to happen is going to happen. It's, you know, I can't control this, but we have so much control over it. Um, the foods that we eat contribute, I believe, to so much, if not almost all of the disease that we are facing nowadays. Um, the food that we eat, the chemicals um, that we are exposed to, um, these are all huge, huge contributors to our health. So we have the power to choose what we put into our bodies. And when we're choosing to put the things that are not good for us, um, then we're in a sense choosing or leaving like the windows, the doors open to these things coming in and really breaking down our bodies. And I know that that within itself is and probably will be and can be a whole other episode on healing our bodies, which I'm sure I will do. The next thing, which is the third thing, um, and I have paired some of these things together, is our calling um, and our finances. And I'm pairing that together, our calling and our finances. Your calling, your career, your business, whatever it is that you do in life that you're called to. Um, and I'm linking that with your finances. So how do you heal that? You know, and I think it really starts with asking yourself the first question, which is, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you truly walking in your calling, right? Like that's the first, and I know that your calling and your career could be two different things. 
I believe it can be. I believe it is sometimes. Um, some people are so fortunate that they get to their career or their business is their calling. Um, and that's such a blessing. And then there's some people that have to ha- work a job or have a career um, that's aside from their calling. So whatever that is for you, um, do you have fulfillment? You know, you might have a job that isn't your calling, but are you still finding fulfillment in that job, in that career? And once you ask yourself that question, if the answer is no, you need to heal that area of your life. How can you do it? Is it finding another job? Is it making connections and networking with people so that you can have an exit plan to wherever you are? Are there improvements that you can make within the job that you're in that will help you to find more fulfillment? So there's a lot of ways that you can kind of work through that. Um, and then and then the piece of how are your finances? Are your finances healed? Do you need healing in your finances? And I know that's an area that um, I've been working in. So healing your finances, it's like paying off debt and, you know, saving money. How can you find ways to do these things so that you don't have that stressor in your life? Because that's another thing, you know, it's stress, um, you know, not having having a job that you hate or that you're not happy at, having your finances be a mess these cause stress, they cause, it causes anxiety. And this is also another thing that is a disease builder in a sense, um, that we want to, you know, we're all going to have a stress in our life and we hear how we all need stress in our life. We need a level of stress, healthy stress. Um, but we want to eliminate the unhealthy, um, stress in our life. So healing your, um, you know, your, your finances, your career, that's a lot about like writing down those goals. Like I mentioned before in the beginning, writing down your goals and how do you reach them? You know, setting the timelines of how do I get from point A to point B? How do I pay off, you know, this debt? How much time will it take me? What money do I need to put into that? How do I save this much money? Um, You know, and some of this stuff for me, I feel like is stuff we've all heard. Um, However, I'm also learning that either A, we've heard it, but we're not doing it and we need to hear it again. Or B, there are people out there that haven't heard it in this way. Um, Surprisingly, it surprises me, but I guess it's because... I'm on a constant journey of growing, um, which is important and which is also part of our healing. Like we have to keep growing and we have to keep learning. Um, and that's so important because if we're not growing and learning, it's like you've heard, if you're not, um, growing, you're dying. So if your plant isn't growing, if it's not being watered, if it's not, um, doing something, then it's probably dying. Um, so making sure that, um, I always have to make sure that I am not assuming (laughs) or just thinking that everyone's heard this, so I'm not going to say it. Um, because, you know, I'm, I have been learning over and over and over again, how, A, we need to just hear things over and over, or B, not everyone has heard it. Not in this way, you know, not everyone. So 
I want to get into um, healing our homes. And this is the last, um, my last thought um, for this episode. And this is a a rough one for me because it's one that I have um, been challenged in and continue, continue to work through and feel that it's part of my calling. Um, the word matriarch has been ringing in my ears for the past couple of years, uh, feeling that God has called me to be the matriarch of our family. Um, and I guess it's also been something that's almost kind of been heavy on my heart because I feel that it's such a huge responsibility and such a huge calling. Um, and I, if I'm honest, um, it's not something that I necessarily wanted, but I have seen over the years how um, it's what I what I am called to. Um, so I can't ignore it, and I. I kind of grab on, I've said this before um, to friends, family, I think I've said it on this podcast, Um, I lost my grandmothers both in the same year, I think it was like a month apart, um, a month or two apart, Um, so I lost both of them in the same year, and my grandmothers were, um, and of course I get emotional thinking of them, but... (sighs) My grandmothers were these... um, like strong power houses, <laughs> like these strong spiritual women who really led our families um, with prayer. And um, they were they were praying grandmothers and um, they loved the Lord. So losing them, even though I didn't like see them every day or, you know, whatever, one grandmother was in Puerto Rico and one was here and she was in a, in a nursing home at the end. But I, their um, years of contribution into my life, into you know our family's life, was um, was so impactful. So anyway, <laughs> so I say all of this to say that um, feeling called to heal um, my home, to heal my family um, from generations of. Um, of just hurt and and curses and all of these things that have been going on um, has been really, really um, a huge responsibility that I have felt and something that I've been working on. And I've been hesitant to talk about it because um, of that feeling of like, oh God, I haven't, I haven't arrived. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that place where, um, you know, where I guess in a sense, I felt like I healed my family. We're good. Now I can talk about it. (laughs) But um, one thing that I've been learning over the past couple of years is that um, God has called me to talk about things that I, that even I myself am still working through. And, um, and sometimes it's, about being maybe ahead of some of the others. And I think that sometimes when we are completely healed and on the other side, sometimes our brain blocks out the process that we went through to heal because it was so hard and it hurts. So in order to kind of protect the piece of us, our brain and and ourselves, we just block out the process that we went through. So I'm starting to realize how God is 
wanting me and calling me to talk about it as I'm going through it because I might forget some of this stuff and I, but I feel that I'm probably ahead of some. So, um, so because of that, you know, God is saying some of these, especially women need you to speak up because they're going through what you went through five years ago um, and they need you. And I know what it felt like five years ago. Oh goodness. When I think of where I was five years ago, five years ago, I remember um, being in such a dark place, struggling with my home. And when I say home, I, you know, it's like my home, my family. Um, I remember being in such a dark place and like just wishing I had any kind of help, you know, emotionally, mentally, um, physically, um, just wishing I had any type of help. Um, so I hope and I pray that this podcast or just my episodes to come, that they are the help that you've been looking for, that they're the help that you've been asking God for, that you've been praying for, um, and at the end of the episode, I'll share another little piece that I hope will be another lifeline and another piece of help. But um, to kind of wrap up with the my responsibility or our responsibility to heal our homes, um, I want to say that the first thing um, for me in working on healing my home was... Um, was love. Um, you know, loving my family hard, loving my family the best way that I could. Um, I think that that has been my number one thing. And I could remember five years ago, um, when I was, you know, struggling with my son and I'm just like, what, what do I do? You know, how do I help him? How do I help me, you know, get through this time? And I just, I could remember, I, I don't say that I hear God's voice audibly, you know, um, every day or every week, but this was one moment that I could just hear God saying, love him the way I love him. And I really could translate that to my whole entire, to my home, to my family, um, love them the way God would love them, which is a huge task but that's something that I try to remind myself when I'm frustrated, when I'm really in the thick of it, feeling like I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, so love has been my very first thing and giving it generously as much as possible. Um, you know, our homes need to really align with our goals, our desires and our values. If your home, if your family, you know, the things around you that you are living in day by day, if they're not aligning, and I'm not saying obviously that like your children have to have the same goals as you. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're living in your home and you're lacking peace and everyone's kind of doing their own thing, going in their own directions, which they, they should be doing their own thing, but like the value system isn't. Um, similar or the same, your peace will be disrupted in your home. Um, and when your peace is disrupted in your home, there's going to be a lot of chaos. It's going to be messy. And I say that because that's I've been in that. Um, there's been improvement. It's still not where um, I know um, it needs to be, 
but it's what we're working towards. That's what I'm working toward. And, um, you know, just getting your home to align, you know, you have to write it out. What is your desires for your home? What do you desire your home to look like, to feel like? What do you want people to feel when they're coming into your home? And, um, and then how, how do you get it to align, you know, with those hopes, those dreams, those goals, those desires that you have? Um, and so for me, the first thing has been just giving love. The second thing has been um, expressing to my family and Lord knows they know <laughs> with all of our family meetings that they absolutely um, hate. <laughs> um, I have expressed with them, this is, these are the goals that I have, or this is what I desire this home to be or to look like. And like, these are my non-negotiables. I, I don't want this um, at all, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then the things that I can say, I can be flexible with, like, you know, the boys, my grandsons who, um, live with me, they can make a mess, um, because they can, and I encourage everyone to help them and teach them how to clean up after themselves. And I encourage my grandsons to clean up after themselves. But that is my negotiable, um, my negotiable thing that if there's toys or there's a mess, I'm not going to be, I'm not flipping over it. Um, because I am so blessed to have them with me. And, um, and I know there's going to come a day. I think of my children when they were little and their toys were all over the place and I miss them being little. I don't miss the mess, but I miss them having, you know, the toys that they enjoyed and that they played with and playing with the dolls and playing with the action figures. Like I miss that stage. So I want to embrace the different stages of life and the different stages of my home. And that's a stage that I embrace versus say like it's an absolute non-negotiable. Um, so I've expressed those things. And I think the, the one stage or the place in my life that I'm at right now, especially with older children, it's very different if you have younger children. But I also believe that if you have younger children or a younger family, you have way more control. So I think when something or anything, a person or a thing, so I don't just say this is just for people, but when it doesn't align or it doesn't work in the sense of bringing peace to your home and love and care and values aren't aligning, then you need to plan for or help with an exit plan. And what do I mean by that? So sometimes we have so much clutter in our lives, in our homes, and that clutter doesn't bring us peace. It doesn't align with what we want. We, we have so many things in our homes that really don't serve us or our family in any way. So we need to plan, have an exit plan for that thing. So the exit plan might be uh, um, just a donation to somewhere, some organization. Um, it might be the trash, <laughs> whatever it is. And I think the same is with the people in our homes. Um, you know, we can love them. We can um, express all of our goals, all of our dreams, all of our desires for our home. And then it comes a point in time 
when they are, you know, of age that they can be on their own and they need to be on their own, um, that we need to plan for that also. And it doesn't mean, um, you know, that we, that there isn't love there. It just means that it's time. That's it. It just means it's time. Um, and I think that it's just important at that point in time, this is where I'm at, of, of lovingly having an exit plan for that person or that thing, that loved one, whatever it is, having that exit plan, um, you know, and that really goes for anything. You know, I hate to get dark <laughs> in this episode, but, you know, we're all gonna, we're all gonna die one day, you know, unless, you know, Jesus comes back before we die. But death is, is inevitable. And so having that exit plan, you know, too many of us get caught off guard and we lose a loved one and we don't have the means or we don't have the money to be able to bury them because we didn't have a plan. So having that exit plan and the timeline, you know, whatever for, if it is a person that's moving out, helping them, you know, teaching them, guiding them, giving them like the financial, like, um, uh, advice or financial, you know, helping them set financial goals to say, Hey, it's time for you to go. And here's, let's have a timeline. Um, and that's where I'm at now. And it's not always easy, you know, especially for me, because, um, I, like I said before, like I love hard, I love my family. Um, and, I don't ever want to feel like I'm pushing anyone out. I always want to feel like I'm bringing people in. Hence the reason that our house, our home is, um, is on overload right now. Uh, we have, um, we have nine people living in our home right now. And my kids are always joking, like, you know, that I just keep adding people, um, you know, into our homes and, um, and so, yeah, but I think to myself also that in the next year or yeah, in the next year or two, definitely the next year, our home is going to be pretty much cut in half. Like everyone um, that we have mostly adults in our home um, out of the nine, there are three children, three under 18. Okay. So, um, in the next year or so, um, you know, our home is going from nine to four or five, <laughs> um, and potentially even less than that. Um, so I really think that sometimes we have to realize that what we're going through will not last forever. It is not, it's, it's a season, even if it's a long season, because I've said I've lived, I feel like my seasons have gone on for years and years and years, um, but it's a season. So realizing that, you know, planning for that, being prepared for that um, is also important. And um, anytime that, you know, you feel like this is never ending. I'm so stuck. This, you know, I, I don't know that I'll make it through this. I want to encourage you um, that you will. You will make it through. Um, this is a temporary thing. Um, and we have so much more control than we give ourselves credit. 
the thing is that sometimes taking control is hard. It's so hard. And it requires hard decisions. Um, whether it's changing what you eat, changing your, your lifestyle, the, the choices that you make on a day by day. Um, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, saying goodbye to people like it, it's hard sometimes to take control and to make these changes. But when you really look and realize that these changes are actually going to make life easier and make life more fulfilling, um, that perspective changes things. So it's like, it's hard now, like that workout is hard now, but your body is so much stronger and built, um, you know, in such a way that like, it makes life easier. So we have to remember, like if anything that has life and brings us life, right. Um, it's going to require love, care and nurturing, So it's the same thing, you know, like our relationship with God, it requires, that gives us life, but it requires us to put into it. You know, we have to spend time with God. We have to spend time with ourselves. We have to spend time with our family. If we are going to watch it grow, watch it um, be healthy and be nurtured, um, it's something that we have to put into So even when it seems like it's not helping, going back to my analogy of the watering the plant, you know, sometimes we doesn't look like anything is happening. Um, But you think of the seed, you know, it starts out with this little tiny seed and it grows into this thing. You know, Um, we have to just believe, have faith that it is helping what we're doing each and every day. And we have to keep going. So my little, um, my little thing, which is not really a little thing, (laughs) but next month in January, I am starting a group coaching group. And this group coaching group is really for anyone who has been feeling like they, um, they need that lifeline, like they need help to be able to heal their life. They need help healing their homes. Um, I have, been many of times in a place that I just felt like I didn't have that. And I wish everything in me wished that I had someone that was checking in on me on a weekly basis that was giving me tools to say, Hey, you know, this is going to be better. And and this is how you can improve this or just listening to what I was going through and helping me set, set up a plan to improve that thing. And I did have that sometimes because I have had, um, I've had coaches throughout the years. I've had a parent coach. I had a, a author, a book coach. Um, so I've, you know, I've had a, a a business coach and I know the value that that brought to me. So I have really, after having my vegan group, I felt it even stronger. I've been feeling this call um, to a group coaching, uh, having a group uh, coaching, uh, but I haven't moved on it. So starting in January, I am starting a group coaching program. And if this is something that you feel like you would benefit from, you want to be a part of, I want you to just go ahead and reach out to me. Send me an email. My email is Carrie 
vasquezco at gmail, and that's K-A-R-I, V like Victor, A, Z like zebra, Q-U-E-Z like zebra, C-O at gmail.com. So carryvasquezco at gmail.com. You can just send me an email. Let me know that you are interested in the group coaching program that I have starting in January. I will have more information coming for that. But basically, I am looking forward to just getting together with a group, meeting on a weekly basis, having a private group that we just post in and have weekly, daily encouragements. Um, And I'm just believing that you know, there are some, some of you out there who are really, really struggling, um, and just really want the help and the guide, um, you know, the tools to help you each and every week to heal your life, to heal your home, to just heal your soul. So I'm so excited to be on this journey to help people heal their life, to heal their hearts, to heal their homes, to heal their souls. So I hope you come on this journey with me and I am so excited to be back. I am so excited to be back. Uh, As always, I hope and I pray that this episode has blessed you tremendously and I look forward to having you back at my next episode. Be blessed. Thank you all for listening to the Rebuild You podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. If I have, be sure that you give this podcast a great review, share the episode, and give us a great rating so that I can continue to serve you and others. And if you are feeling stuck trying to live a healthier life, trying to improve your life and your home, but you're struggling, be sure that you join my weekly Healthy Life group coaching program. For more information or to join my weekly group coaching program, email me at carryvasquezco at gmail.com. That's K-A-R-I, V like Victor, A, Z like Zebra, Q-U-E-Z like Zebra, C-O at gmail.com. Have an amazing week and be sure to come back next week for another awesome episode.